This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about the foods of adventure time. Yes. Yeah, come on, grab your friends. <laughs> Virtually, Lauren, I'm reaching out to oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And we're both, we're really excited about this one. Um, it was such a delight to research. It's funny. Oh, because my goodness. Yeah. We were trying to narrow down. We had it between this one and SpongeBob, what was going to be our next fictional foods. And I was like, well, Lauren's got more expertise in Adventure Time. I've got more expertise in SpongeBob. What does the internet say? I was like, <laughs> okay, seems like, you know, Adventure Time will be more concise. Like, there's a lot out there, but it's kind of like, you know, in a, in a bubble. And then there was just so much stuff, and it was all so fun, and, and I wanted to talk about all of it. <laughs> all so, of it. It was hard to condense. It was hard to condense this one. Yeah, I um, I I could I could be still right now, and probably for a, at least the runtime of that entire series, uh, just be making little notes about every single instance of a meal or a sandwich or a fruit that talks to you um, in the entire thing. And it could just yes. keep going. And I would be delighted by it, but I'm not sure if that's what y'all would want to listen to. <laughs> well, we'll put that in the back of our, our back of our heads, you know. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saver runs out of material and then it just becomes yes. the episode by episode Foods of Adventure Time show. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> well, a lot of listeners have written in about this one, so we know there's yeah. some Adventure Time fans yeah. in the audience. Um, as I've said, I've done one watch through of Adventure Time. I've, some of the episodes I've seen more than once, but I've done like one big watch through mm-hmm. um, of what was available at the time. And I think I was doing this in 2014. Okay. Somewhere around there. Okay, somewhere yeah. around there. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot. At the time, it was a lot of material. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really weird and beautiful and quirky and fun and often poignant and sad. Lauren and I were discussing this beforehand. But there were certain episodes where I was, like, upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of – I mean, it's what I it's what I love about this show. And it's what sometimes makes me step away from this show because um, it's it's – ostensibly a children's show for children, but definitely, like, makes me cry, like, at least one every, I don't know, five or ten episodes. Um, Definitely, yeah, like, makes me more upset than the, like, like horror media that I watch. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it is more horrifying than, like, yeah. slasher horror a lot of the time. There's definitely something about the medium of it being, yes, a children's show and having that sort of animation style and kind of a general, like, sweet but very weird, like, anything could happen at any Mm -hmm, time vibe mm -hmm. that is, I think, delivering something that is upsetting or potentially even disturbing through that medium does make it more impactful. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know, like, like I guess you, you're just, you're watching it and, like, your your disbelief is suspended and you're just in this open place. And then it really slaps you with something. And it's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, I didn't realize that this was about my feelings. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually, Heck. like, that's something I think a lot of times people forget and creators forget is children do have they experience these emotions and they feel these things and I think a lot of times we dismiss them and yeah. so as an adult to be like oh it's just a children's show I'm gonna go watch it and then at least for me sometimes I'll be in like oh yeah I remember you know like watching stuff like this as a kid or being in this place as a kid and then you're like oh yeah this really scared me as a kid or like these kind of yeah. things yeah and yeah and it also really speaks to the truth of being an adult um and uh I feel I feel like in a way really jealous of of kids who got to grow up with like this and Steven Universe um, and mm-hmm. all these other really beautiful shows that were doing like like kind of subversive stuff that uh, just just really had a lot of good solid life lessons about how to how to be and how to work out what that is and I don't know it's it's really nice. <laughs> It is, and quite weird. <laughs> so weird. Oh my heck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, so we are we are not the only humans to feel this this deeply about it, right? Like a lot of you have written in. Um, there's a lot of uh, ink on the inter- digital ink about it <laughs> on the internet. Um, uh, also, some some really good scholarly works. Uh, shout out right here at the top to this uh, this academic book written by one Paul A. Thomas um, and published uh, for free uh, by the University of Kansas Libraries in 2020 called Exploring the Land of Ooh, an unofficial overview and production history of Cartoon Network's Adventure Time. Yes, love it. <laughs> yeah, I like discovered. I was like, oh, it's this like three hundred and thirty-two page book. Uh, I'm I'm sure it's going to cost like academic book prices. And then it was like, you can read it right now. And I was like, oh my heck! 
Well, I guess I will. I guess I shall. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that brings us to our question. Mm -hmm. Adventure time. What is it? Well, uh, Adventure Time is a franchise based on a cartoon series, again, ostensibly for children, um, that aired on Cartoon Network originally from 2010 through 2018 and was created by one Pendleton Ward. Uh, In 2006, Ward pitched a pilot just out of school to an animation studio called Frederator, which eventually went viral on the internet, and then Frederator pitched it to Cartoon Network, which picked it up. Its episodes are, uh, for the most part, just 11 minutes long and fairly self-contained. Uh, there are a few multi-parters, and, and the lore does build as the series goes on and explores the backstories of, um, of the characters and the world and worlds that they live in. Um, all of this is further explored throughout the rest of the franchise, comic books and graphic novels, other books, a series of short films that have been releasing on streaming over the past year, uh, video games, downloadable content in other franchises' video games, a collectible card game, a Lego set, and on and on. And there is not only that aforementioned academic work, there is also another book by one uh, Nicholas Michaud called Adventure Time and Philosophy, The Handbook for Heroes. I have not picked that one up, but I'm very curious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> All sorts of weird things have happened with this series because of how popular it got. Like in 2013, there was a high-speed rail train in Taiwan that got wrapped with Cartoon Network characters, including main characters Finn and Jake at the head and the tail of the train. It's not really part (laughs) of the franchise. I just wanted to point out that this got to be like a big thing. Oh, yeah. It was one of my... Uh, every every time I go to Dragon Con or a similar convention, I, I have a couple of games that I do, which I believe I've discussed on here. But one of them uh, is normally I count how many Jane hats from Firefly I see. Okay. Uh-huh. But it became also Finn hats. Finn hats, yeah. But then also Bob's Burgers, her oh. hat. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Aww. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love hat. it. I'm like, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, those are, three, those are three really solid costume choices for a nice easy like oh man i get that reference costume that just brings me joy whenever i see it in the wild Mm -hmm. (laughs) and also beyond uh, a casual costume i do have a friend uh who did a really brilliant uh fiona and cake costume uh-huh. Uh uh she went she went as Fiona and she made she uh she makes puppets. Um she made the the Lauren puppet that I have in my office. If, oh, yeah. if, uh-huh. if y'all have never seen this, I'll try to remember to post a picture somewhere. But um but yeah, she made a puppet me and it looks really <laughs> uncannily like me and it scares yeah. my roommates when they walk by. Uh it's but... pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, super, super cool. Um anyway, uh I get I guess I guess I should explain for anyone who's just so confused right now um, what the show is kind of about. Um, The show is basically about a a pair of of friends, um, adopted brothers, uh, Jake the dog and Finn the human, who fight evil and have fun in a fantastical, if like post-apocalyptic world called the Land of Ooh, um, where humans are all but extinct Magic and monsters exist. Uh, There are a lot of kingdoms run by a lot of royalty. And like every fairy tale trope and bit of normative Western narrative logic that you've ever encountered is guaranteed pretty much to get turned on its head in some kind of hilarious, surrealistic, absurdist way. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is one of those ones where when you when we were typing it out or when I'm thinking of how to explain it, it just sounds so <laughs> wild. Oh, yeah. Reading yeah. reading serious journalists write about this series <laughs> made mm-hmm. me so happy. <laughs> me too. Because the me sentences too. that they write are just so completely like, like all of those are words, but none of them have ever been strung together in quite that way before. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think that uh, for you, the listener, you will get to hear some of those mm-hmm. that we ourselves have tried to compose. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And I should put in that Jake is not like a dog. Like Jake is like a like a uh, anthropomorphic dog that mm-hmm. also shapeshifts and not like shapeshifts like, oh, like I can look like Matt Damon, like it shapeshifts like uh, or he, I'm sorry. Uh, Jake shapeshifts uh, to, to, to grow in size or shrink in size. His body's kind of made of weird rubber flesh. Uh, can yeah. expand and contract in all kinds of weird ways, and uh, he can fly or jump really far, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also one interesting problem that I have is I seem to always mix up names of characters on shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I always get Rick and Morty mixed up. I always <laughs> get Jake and Finn mixed oh. up. So I spent a lot of this really confused. I was like, I thought that was. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why that is, but I... Uh... Yeah, I, I mistyped Jake versus Finn a lot in this outline, but we're working it all out. Um, we are. Uh, okay, so, so yes. Um, the, the, uh, other than Jake the dog, uh, the, the other main character is Finn the human, and he's a kid um, or, or, or a preteen. He's 12 years old when the show starts. Um, the voice actor, Jeremy Shada, was actually 12 years old when the series started. And Finn and, and the actor age as the show goes on in nearly real time. Um, and the series, you know, is, is really about all of these characters growing and growing up and growing together or apart or, you know, combinations of both. Uh, like as weird and uh, pop culture-y uh, and nerdy as the show can be, there's just so much heart. It's it's really sweet. Um, the creation process was storyboard driven, um, which is how like a like like Disney films and other classic hand drawn animations were made. And and I think it's just really like the cinching creative point that lets shows like this or or, or, or media like this. Um, uh, merge the art and the script so that both can be just as heckin' wild as possible. And it gets wild. (laughs) It is. It is. Uh, It also incorporates a lot of music. Um, And uh, over the course of the series, guest animators were welcomed in to do episodes in different styles, even in different media. Um, The series is often called groundbreaking um, and compared... Uh, with other shows that were airing during the 20 teens that really redefined what television could be and like ushered in like the modern era of TV being just as um, uh, critically acclaimed as film. Yeah. 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 Um, It's definitely got a really distinct feel and look and just a whole thing going. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> what about <laughs> the nutrition? <laughs> uh, don't eat TV shows. <laughs> don't eat TV. I feel like there's some, you know, like 50s waving of fist at kids. Like, it'll <laughs> rot your brains, kids. <laughs> I mean, we do consume TV, but anyway, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
aside from that, um, mm-hmm. as you said, Lauren, food does play a really significant role in the show, whether it's characters like the food boys, the candy people, which are basically a people of sentient treats, the hamburger and hot dog monsters, honey man, pizza fish, and then the slew <laughs> of princesses named after foods like strudel princess, breakfast princess, peanut princess, wildberry princess, and frozen yogurt princess. Um and then you've got locations like the Breakfast Kingdom, Candy Kingdom, Cotton Candy Forest, Mushroom Village, and the Witch's Garden. And then you've got various dishes and drinks. There is an entire episode dedicated to the food chain. Oof. People have written about that one. <laughs> Oof. That one, yes. that's one of the ones that I watched in preparation for, for this recording, and I had forgotten. I had forgotten. Mm. hmm To me, it feels like at times, it feels like a weirder, stranger, scarier Candyland in animated cartoon form. I feel like that has to be one of the influences. Like, it's definitely playing on a lot of the, like, like 80s nostalgia for stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, right, um, although there are relatively conventional foods in this world, there are also some really fantastical things, like um, like that witch's garden um, where donut shrubs and cupcake flowers grow. Um, you can plant candy seeds to grow more candy. Uh, one of the main characters is Princess Bubblegum. She is made of bubblegum. Her body is made of bubblegum. She is sentient bubblegum. Um <laughs> And uh, she's primarily a scientist, okay, but, like, she also has some magical food-related powers. She can turn inanimate candy into sentient creatures. And, like, just for example, like, there's once cause for her to gleefully utter the line um, after the tsunami of root beer is unleashed upon a city. All of that root beer came from inside my body! (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) this is the kind of this is the kind of thing this is why I love this show because like my roommate and I were watching this and like we had watched the episode where this where this happens um it's in the uh film series Distant Lands which is out on HBO Max right now um it's it's in the episode about bubblegum and Marceline and we had watched it maybe like three times already and we were just re-watching it for no reason and we noticed that line for the first time and we had we were laughing so hard that we had to stop the episode and laugh more and then like get like get back into the episode and then stop it again because we were still laughing. <laughs> I love it. That I mean that's a sign of a good piece of entertainment to me where you can see it like multiple times and still somehow you're like, how did I miss this? How this did is I so miss? fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a lot is going on in the moment. Like I think it was mm-hmm. only because we had the captions on that we noticed it. Anyway, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um Hoofta. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no. Okay, so um, uh, thank you for going on that journey with me. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, the characters in Adventure Time do spend a lot of screen time eating and drinking. Um, like, for a show about adventures, it's also very, very grounded in the daily realities of, like, needing food and sleep and a home and friendship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back on the topic of adventures, though, um, there is also a lot in there about... Yes, the food chain. Um, And certainly there are a lot of creatures in the land of Ooh that would eat our heroes given a sliver of a chance. Um, A lot of episode plots center around either a character trying to eat something or trying not to be eaten by something. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) 
Um, or about sharing food with friends, as in like potlucks and other parties and like normal old home meals, um, or just like absentmindedly snacking on trail mix like you do when you're one of the major villains of the series, just like trying to get that last little yogurt chip out from the bottom of the container. Mm-hmm. Can all relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you're not kidnapping princesses, sometimes you're eating trail mix. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I think that's his slogan. <laughs> Uh, Scarcity is also dealt with sometimes, especially in flashback episodes to the more like mid-apocalyptic times. And uh, there's an official cookbook, the Adventure Time official cookbook by Jordan Grocer with contributor Christopher Hastings, which was released in hardcover in 2016. And the uh, plot line of the cookbook uh, is that Finn finds this old cookbook that seems to have belonged to his mother um, in the Founders Island library. But lots of the pages are damaged or missing, so Finn and his friends fill it out with their own creations. Um, (laughs) There's also an unofficial cookbook, uh, Eating Ooh, Recipes and Art Inspired by Pendleton Ward's Adventure Time um, by Eric Resnick that was published in 2014. And uh, Cartoon Network has partnered with some restaurants for some Adventure Time foods, including the Australian shop Donut Time for their almost Adventure Time donuts made with maple syrup and topped with caramelized bacon pancakes. Yep. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Um, And uh, at the Cartoon Network Hotel in Pennsylvania, There are a bunch of Adventure Time-themed foods and drinks on the menu, um, like uh, Jake's Ultimate Cheesy Nachos, um, Flame Kingdom Wings, Chili of the Nidosphere, Marceline's Salad of Scarlet, um, an Everything Burrito, um, Mm. a Hamburger Monster, and uh, for dessert, a Lady Rainicorn Flight of Ice Cream, or a nice slice of Cheese Jake. I love this. Listeners, if anyone's been, oh my goodness. It's <laughs> so good. Apparently the pool there is called the Land of Pool. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> All right. All right. I like it. <laughs> we do have some numbers for you. Yeah, um, at the height of Adventure Time's viewership while it was airing, um, it was drawing, uh, I didn't mean the pun, but it's right there. Uh, It was drawing some 3 million viewers per week. Um, The series won eight primetime Emmys, uh, at least one per year starting in 2013, um, and uh, snagged nominations from its first season on for a total of 16 nominations. Other awards include 19 Annie nominations and three wins, um, and the Annies are animation awards, Um, four British Academy children's nominations, two wins, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, There are 57 princesses in the land of ooh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Special number. Yeah, yeah. Um, And according to YouGov, it is the 505th most popular TV show of all time. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it, it's got it's been well received by both critics and audiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think the food is a bit a big part of that. <laughs> oh, it is. It, yeah, it's it's part of it's like we talk about so frequently in these fictional foods episodes. Um, uh, the foods are really used to make the characters relatable. Yes. Um, and to ground everything in the type of reality. Like, it's so, like, 
heckin' wacky so much of the time. Um, but then they're eating breakfast together, and you're like, oh, man, I can relate to that. Yeah, and a lot of the foods on here, like, they're funny, and you can, like, relate to memories that you have or people you have in your life that was, like, really love sandwiches or something, <laughs> um, which we're going to get into. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, but first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! If you are happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, okay. The setting for Adventure Time is the land of Ooh. Um, and this is Earth, some a thousand years or so after a nuclear apocalypse. Um, humans, right, are all but extinct. Uh, and the peoples that inhabit the planet are largely um, sentient snacks and plants and fire and animals and mythical animals and video game systems um, and lumps. Uh, there's there's some demons in there. I don't know. Um, like the four elements in this world are ice, fire, candy, and slime. <laughs> oh, no. I, you know. Um, <laughs> and food is pretty omnipresent, um, uh, both as food um, and as characters. Um, most of the sentient foods are anthropomorphic. There is also a whole village of sentient fruits and vegetables and, like, marshmallows and sausages um, that look like normal foods, though. Like, they're not anthropomorphic. They do, yeah. not, they do not appear to the viewer to speak, but the other characters all interact with them as though they are speaking. It's called Veggie Village. 
One time, <laughs> one time they host a technology fair. I don't know. <laughs> it's <That's> fantastic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, um, and and ooze inhabitants do grow food, um, but there's also a supply chain of sorts, including like grocery slash convenience stores like the Squeeze E Mart um, and uh, packaged products like uh, noodle packets and uh, uh, freeze dried coffee stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Ward, uh, Penn Pen Ward, has cited his influences in creating the show as things like Ren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead, um, and Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and he said that his method of plot development was basically like role play, just like seeing where the characters took him and uh, his co-creators working on the show. And that just makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The second you said Dungeons and Dragons, I was like, yeah, I was really picking up on that yeah. vibe. <laughs> like, Heavy D&D vibes in this show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Um, so we did want to touch on some specific key foods and drinks and moments in this show's long run. So, yes, it was hard to narrow down. A lot of them are kind of like one sentence or like, I don't want to say throwaway, but a very brief <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it will be just like, right, right. It's it's like a second on the screen and then it's gone and it's still right. So so until yeah. we do that, that just mm -hmm. just episode by episode podcast series about yes. every single food that's ever appeared in Adventure Time. Here's some of the key ones. Yes. <laughs> Starting with bacon pancakes. Of which course. Is probably, yes. One of the most <laughs> well-known and well-loved foods from Adventure Time IRL. Um they first appeared in the episode Burning Low, and we see Jake preparing them over the stove while singing a song. <clears throat> bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon, I'll put it on a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancake. Thank you. I hope I don't get sued. Um, so <laughs> I actually, like, I'd heard of bacon pancakes. Some of you listeners wrote in about bacon pancakes. I'd clearly seen the episode but I didn't really remember the song, so I was looking oh, it up for this. Uh -huh. And I immediately, like, I I haven't had to look it up again. It is that catchy. Oh, yeah. I just know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, this is something that just very occasionally will float through my head apropos of nothing. Right, right. And it, it is a pretty big, it's a banger. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hugh Jackman did a dove smash of it that you can find. <laughs> Uh, you can find, like, you know, oh. hour-long loops of <laughs> different oh mixes of it. Oh it's kind goodness. of an internet meme. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and it's, you, in the cookbooks that you can find, this is very simple to make. Andrew Ray of Binging with Babish made these for a special on, he did this whole special on the Food Adventure Time. And yeah, it was pretty easy. It was pretty much like pancakes, bacon on top. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but I'm not good at making pancakes, so oh, um, it oh. might be beyond my reach. Our goals, you know. We can, yeah, yeah pancake goals. We've got this. <laughs> pancake goals, yes. <laughs> um, there are also Finn cakes, which are just small cookies in the shape of the character Finn. Um, Finn makes them and typically doesn't allow anyone else to eat them. <laughs> um, they are made of chocolate cake batter. Uh, chocolate and vanilla frosting and marshmallows to make the the face. The face, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's a fun one: Prismo's handmade artisanal pickles. Okay, this is gonna take a couple of layers. Yeah, this is a couple of layers. Okay, first things first: Prismo. 
Frismo is a two-dimensional manifestation of an old man's dream and also a wishmaster. Yep. Yep. Completely straightforward. (laughs) That's as simple as I could make it. (laughs) Um, Some (laughs) wishes, of course, go awry. And Finn, you know, of course, unleashes a devastating evil. As you do. Uh, As you do. When given the option to come to Finn's aid, Jake decides instead to take a moment and eat a sandwich (laughs) with some of Prismo's pickles. (laughs) Uh, He loves sandwiches, which we're going to get into in a second. Yeah. Later on, we learn that eating the pickles in certain circumstances can cause some not-so-great things, like eating them before bed can lead to strange dreams, and eating them while Prismo is dead can create a time paradox. Oh, no. Yep. Finn and Jake do a ritual for a deceased Prismo that involves dancing around the jar of pickles and, quote, mouth-loving the last pickle. Um, That sets off some timey-wimey stuff and eventually brings Prismo back to life. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, but as you said, this does remind me a lot of um, when we did our Dungeons and Dragons campaign and I had this thing called the Moral Compass and this other thing called Nova, but essentially it's just wild magic in that world where you kind of roll the dice and could be anything. It could be anything. It could be one of at least 20 different things. Yeah. Yep. Or 100. There's one uh, chart in there that goes up to 100. Oofta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But all right. Now let's talk about sandwiches, because sandwiches are very well loved in the show. Uh-huh. Especially by Jake. Uh, so, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> there is Jake's most delicious sandwich. Um, so Jake is trying to, is embarking on this journey to create the most <laughs> delicious of the sandwiches. Uh-huh. Um, it's a fairly intensive process involving the careful bathing of vegetables sous-viding of a steak with rosemary and thyme, blow-torching of a loaf of bread, and boiling up a lobster's sole. Oh. Mm-hmm. Other ingredients include cream cheese, Prismo's artisanal pickles, dill, cucumber, tomato, onion, tears, bacon, <laughs> um, diced <laughs> boiled eggs, and bird from the window. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To do all of this, Jake enters the zone. It's a very serious thing. Uh-huh. Um, and turns on some classical music and dances through the kitchen. The resulting sandwich glows in deliciousness and summons Magic Man, who of course immediately tries to eat this amazing sandwich. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Yes. And binging with Babish, <laughs> try to recreate this one too. All uh, oh, the sandwich is huge. It is huge. Like, cannot fit in your mouth huge. I'm pretty sure he sliced it. He sliced it in half and then ended up slicing it into, like, little bites and eating it separately. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's wonderful. But it has steak, lobster tail for the aioli, hard-boiled egg, Cornish game hen, bacon, and, and, and yeah, almost all, all this other stuff. stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I also wanted to talk about Princess Bubblegum and her sandwich. She had an attempt at a, quote, perfect sandwich. Um which was much more precise, uh, a much more precise process involving magic and scientific tools. Oh, yeah. Like I said, uh, she's really into science. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so this sandwich only has four ingredients, but those ingredients need a lot of finessing to be perfect. The cheese is made by spinning a cow um, using a machine to cut the perfect slice. The lettuce is chosen. It's created in a lab and then chosen after being hit with a baseball bat <laughs> to find the perfect piece. <laughs> Um, 
The tomato requires teleporting, a red balloon, and a jellyfish. Slice that up, chop into three pieces, choose one. Um, and then magic and laser beams are used to make the bread. The perfect scientifically sandwich. perfect sandwich. However, unfortunately, Princess Bubblegum does not get to try it because Cinnamon Bun absorbed it before she could, but she maintains it is, was, the perfect sandwich. <laughs> Uh, yeah, c- cinnamon bun being an, an, an anthropomorphic cinnamon bun. Yep. Yep. There you go. Uh-huh. Um, and then here's another sandwich, the sentient sandwich, or the special sentient sandwich. Uh, in order to convince Jake and Finn to join him in playing a cowboy role-playing game, BMO, which is a sentient game-playing system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a Game Boy, basically, but uh, yeah, s- sentient. But- yeah, exactly. Vimo bribes them with sentient sandwiches, sandwiches that Jake claims, quote, taste alive. Vimo <laughs> um, spent over six hours making them, and the ingredients weren't easy to procure. And the ingredient list is excellent and is as follows. Okay. Okay, one, free-range Humpty Dumpty egg. So these are eggs that have arms, legs, and a face. Um, they roam around a ranch with each other. Uh, all these other Humpty Dumpty eggs. And they die when cracked open, revealing that the yolk has a different face inside. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. One fine-aged cheddar man. <laughs> a cube of bright orange cheddar that has a top hat and a monocle. Okay. Okay. Homemade ketchup. To get this, all you have to do is pour sugar into a sentient tomato and collect the vomit that follows. Sure. <laughs> and then fresh pepper fart. This is the fart collected from the butt of a pepper grinder. Sure. Yep. Dance parsley. Dancing parsley with the with hands and feet. They're very cute. They look like hearts. Just take some of that. And then two slices of face bread. Um, <laughs> bread slices with cute little faces on them. <laughs> and then the resulting sandwich is one of Jake's faves. Uh, it appears to feel no pain when being eaten and emits a sentient aroma. They're cute. They, I, they sound very cute. <laughs> very cute. <laughs> <laughs> let's eat them. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> okay. And then this one. Let's discuss a candy kingdom delicacy, the royal tart, produced in the tartorium and only served at the annual back rubbing ceremony. Okay. Okay. So by all accounts... These pastries are absolutely sublime, like perhaps the most delicious treat in all of the land of Ooh. Princess Bubblegum claims that they are enough to kill for. Criminals will risk it all, even their lives, to just have a taste of these tarts. Wow. They kind of look like cheesecake with red syrupy, like a red syrupy middle and topping. They're very pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay. But... <laughs> They are quite fussy to make, oh. and they have to be perfect. Each one is selected from thousands of rejected tarts that are, uh, quote, full of imperfections, um, and then loaded up in an anti-gravity carrier to preserve their perfection, and then transported on the royal tart path. <laughs> the royal tart toter, who looks like a gingerbread man, that's oh led a God. really rough life, oh I'm going to say. It's okay. got some bites missing. Oh, doesn't no. Doesn't look good. Okay. Is assigned with protecting these tarts from criminals and the like. However, in age, the royal tart toter 
has become incapable of completing his duties. So Princess Bubblegum assigns Jake and Finn with the safe transport of the tarts, warning them that if they fail, she will be decapitated. However, once their task is completed, with some tarts lost on the way, uh, she reveals she lied so that they would be too afraid to eat the tarts. Um, And then the royal tart toter appears to describe this, quote, cosmic dance of bursting decadence. It has this really beautiful and weird speech and then it ends quite abruptly as this show is want to do to do yeah <laughs> yeah quite uh, well you know i can't really i can't really blame pb in this in this instance because finn and jake will probably eat <laughs> whatever you have assigned them to transport i mean yes i agree i agree <laughs> i've also had a D group like that <laughs> <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Our whole goal was to transport the beer and the cheese to this other town, and one of our characters just kept eating it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Anyway. Anyway. Um, we do have some honorable mentions, because like we said, there's so many things... They're so, like, small in the scheme of it, but they're so funny. They're so funny. Yes. Uh. Yes. So I wanted to start with softy cheese, which is pretty much cheese whiz. Okay. Um, Canned cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Jake loves it, but stopped eating it after Clarence exploded after eating too much. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's fair. Yeah. Jake later starts eating it again, but is clearly haunted by the memory. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. That's so funny and weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's uh, there's the the bananas of the nitosphere. Um, so so the nitosphere is this realm um, uh, where Princess Marceline, who's a vampire, is from. It's it's hell. It's pretty hellish, mm-hmm. ish. Uh, and there, um, demons excrete bananas um, sometimes out of their ears, like when they're feeling ill. Uh, one is punished by by being made to just throw up whole bananas, like like peel on whole bananas. Oh. Finn, and, Finn and Jake wake up there like in a pile of bananas, and like Jake is carrying one around, and all the demons who see him go like, "Ew," <laughs> and they don't know why for like two episodes. It's great. Um, uh, unrelated, th- those are not the only bananas in the series. Uh, the law enforcement group in the Candy Kingdom is the Banana Guard. These are sentient bananas that appear to have been, like, cut in half the short way with with popsicle stick legs. Um, and they wear banana peel armor and have little hats that that look like chocolate sauce with marshmallows. Or maybe are chocolate sauce with marshmallows. I don't know. <laughs> they sound so cute. They're pretty. They're pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, maybe not as cute. Uh, there is the Crystal Gem Apple. And this is an item tree trunks really wants to taste. She's she's sort of like a like an elderly elephant lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She's got a, a really good voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so this this apple grows in the evil forest, uh hanging from a mushroom-shaped tree, and it's protected by the crystal guardian. Taking a bite of one transports the eater to the crystal dimension and gives them dominion over the crystal men until the gem exits their body. To people witnessing someone eating the crystal gem apple, it appears that they have spontaneously combusted. 
Yeah, yeah, that's an upsetting episode. Um, (laughs) 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 Tree tree Trunks, for a little bit of backstory there, um, uh, she lives in, in a home in an apple orchard, and she loves apples. She bakes these apple pies for all of her friends. Uh, Finn says that it's like the best apple pie he's ever tasted. Like she's pretty into apples. And so this like crystal gem apple is like really her like her like Moby Dick. Um, (laughs) Also, side note about Tree Trunk's voice. um, I I do this thing and, and anyone else who's ever recorded audio may be familiar with it. When you're reading words on a page, um, sometimes your brain will mix up the vowels in the word that you are currently reading with the words around it. Mm -hmm. And what will happen is you'll say a whole sentence in this wacky accent completely accidentally. Right. Um, And one of the ones that I do pretty frequently sounds to me a great deal like tree trunks. And I can't, I can't do it. Like I, she, she, she's, I cannot summon her. (laughs) Right. She just possesses me sometimes, and this happens. Yes. So, so I feel I a great. Heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I've witnessed it, listeners. <laughs> so I feel a great personal affinity with tree trunks. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good. <laughs> just all of a sudden, you're like, whoa! <laughs> and now we were doing impressions. <laughs> oh, we're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really strange. Anyway, um, please please continue. <laughs> yes, and speaking of really strange, uh, let's talk about the soy people. Mm-hmm. So this is a food that the rainicorns eat um, in the place of human flesh. <laughs> uh, since humans uh-huh. are believed yeah. to be extinct. Right. Um, most rainicorns have never had the taste of human flesh, but soy people are supposed to have come pretty close and are apparently quite tasty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess speaking of uh, eating people, um, uh, or, or rather, instead of eating people, uh, there is the color red as a food because the aforementioned Marceline, the vampire queen, does not actually drink blood. She eats the color red. Oh, my brain is like short circuiting right now. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Totally normal children's show for children. Totally normal. Uh, there's also Super Porp, which is a brand of <laughs> grape soda that predates the Mushroom War. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was the big nuclear war that uh, that led to this post post apocalypse. Yeah. Yes. Um, the underground factory is guarded by the Super Porp Dog and operated by Super Porp people. It is distributed by drones, and Jake and Finn wait at vending machines to be. The ones to get first dip. So it's it's mm-hmm. pretty popular. Yeah. Um you see the the vending machines kind of frequently throughout. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, there's also the Everything Burrito, uh, which is a burrito filled with pretty much every food in existence. And some inedible items like a spatula. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I wanted to read through all the ingredients. So I was like, this episode is already gonna be long. <laughs> uh, but you can't find them online. Jake, the creator and maker of it, no surprise, ends up burying it in a grave with a sign that reads, My Burrito. <laughs> Tragedy. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. My yes. Burrito. My Burrito. Sad. Um, and then, candy zombie flesh. Enough said. Enough <laughs> said. <laughs> Is that from the very first episode of the series? 
I don't know. Was it the first one? Where like somebody eats the eats the candy becomes a zombie. <laughs> I know that there's I know that there's zombie candy in the first episode. I can't recall other well, episodes then. that had it. So there you go. There you go. They started off. They're yeah. like, we want you to know who we are, right? Here, right the now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we are going to say the word mathematical and we are going to have zombie candy. That's about uh, that captures a lot. Captures mm-hmm. a lot of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there is still so much, so much stuff. It's so fun. If if I highly recommend looking into it, like if you haven't seen it, but even if you have, like go look up these foods. They're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's a yeah. ton of them. Um, please, please write into us and let us know um, your favorite Adventure Time related food or drink item that we missed or or just like your favorite uh, food related character on there. We want to hear yeah. all about it. Um, actually, actually, speaking of before, because we, we do have some listener mail for you. Um, but before we get into that, Annie, um, and before we get into a word from our sponsor, um, do you have a character on Adventure Time that you personally most associate with? I would have to I'd have to go back and watch, but like immediately. Uh, <laughs> well, I really like BMO. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really like BMO. And then I really like, I like both Marceline and Princess Bubblegum, actually. Yeah, yeah, me too. I like their too. friendship, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, goodness. Um, you, you haven't watched Distant Lands yet, have you? I don't think so. Oh, heck. Okay, well. Um, uh, yes, their <laughs> friendship is excellent. Uh, they, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they wind up in a relationship uh, towards the end of the show and in Distant Lands. Oh. It's really sweet. It's uh, no pun intended. It's really heckin' sweet. Um Yay. Yeah, I uh I feel like I feel like I I get I get called like a Marceline type a lot because I'm a little bit goth, but like I, I definitely feel more like a bubblegum because of mm-hmm. the science thing. I don't know. Maybe yeah. both. Maybe it's maybe it really is both. Maybe. I mean, you literally came through when we asked about Bob's burgers. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, and yes, speaking of, we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but we will get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes. Thank you. And we're back with the snow. Mail. I was trying to remember <laughs> the theme song goes. I only remember the kind of vague, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a gesture you can't see. But it's very uh, happy. I could, I could definitely sing it for you, but we've already sung one thing from the, from the show. It's true. I'm not trying to get sued today. It's true. It's over true. Adventure Time. Not today. Maybe another day. <laughs> uh, we did have some fun with impressions uh, in the commercial break. Yeah, I don't know if it made it in or not, um, but if it did, that that was Tree Trunks. If it didn't, that was not Tree Trunks, and producer, super producer Andrew um, said like, the nay. No. <laughs> 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 Who is also a fan. Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Emily wrote, I've been wanting to write in for years. Oh, yay. Oh. After the poutine episode and recently having intense cravings for it, I decided it was finally the time. Ah. First off, as a former Montrealer, you guys are pronouncing poutine correctly. <laughs> How I miss that mixture of crispy tender fries, melty curds, and hot savory gravy. Mm. Mm-hmm. In my childhood, I used to love eating it on many cold snowy days at Canadian mall food courts. Oh. Believe it or not. The McDonald's version was actually my favorite, even today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Secondly, since I am a current New Jerseyan, I'm glad that you guys brought up the Disco Fries version. Let me just say that Disco Fries annoy me to no end. <laughs> Wanna be poutine. Ugh. <laughs> it's just not the same when you use mozzarella instead of cheese curds. A lot of the restaurants around me don't actually use cheese curds, yet still call it poutine. (laughs) Luckily, being so close to New York City, there are some pretty decent Belgian fry places that do a good job when the craving is too much. Lastly, I'm also happy that you brought up the foie gras poutine from Opie du Couchon, as that is probably one of the most decadent and delicious things I have ever eaten in my life. Highly recommend for the next time you visit Montreal. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Check and check. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this all sounds so good. I know. I want it so badly. I did manage to get scallops. I have some wild rice on the way, but I have not hit the poutine. Okay. Oh, I haven't either. Um, I also, oh, I didn't even think about getting scallops. I was just at the grocery store. Gosh. Um, I I also have wild rice on the way. So cool. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But I love all these thoughts all of you have about poutine. Also, some people have written in about disco fries. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wait a minute, we'll have some more things to say it's about coming. disco fries. It's coming. It's yes. coming. Yeah. Yes. 
Oh, that's amazing. Um, uh, Valerie wrote, Hi, in the episode about beats, I'm not sure that uh, Kiaja beets were mentioned, um, and I adore them. When you slice across them, they look like red and white bullseyes. Uh, Chiagas don't tend to bleed color, so they are nice in recipes where you want a red beet that doesn't turn everything else purple. Also, they look great in almost anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that word correctly. It's spelled C-H-I-O-G-G-I-A, and I'm looking at like an Italian pronunciation of it on Merriam-Webster right now. This is the the high research and technology <laughs> that we do for you, y'all. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, um, uh, I've also seen them called like candy cane beets um, or something like that. And yes, they are beautiful. Yes, really yes. gorgeous. I, I don't think I'd ever seen or heard of them, but Valerie sent pictures, um, and they were just yeah, stunning. And I don't know, another craving. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and I really love. Um, I'm sure that it would be difficult to get like like among different seasons. Um, uh, but I I'm kind of obsessed with the idea of creating like a totally normal like steak and potatoes type of dinner. Um, but with things that are like kind of like green eggs and ham like themed. Like like a like you can make mashed potatoes out of those little purple fingerlings. That is just oh, yeah. vi- like violet mashed potatoes. Yes. Um, and like beets like this and just right, like stuff that looks completely fantastical, but is just really actually quite normal. I love that idea, Lauren. I think I'm I'm inviting myself to it right now. If I actually (laughs) cooked, it would be coming up very immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just let me use your kitchen because I promise that's never gone wrong for any of my friends before. Because I have some things for you and we could do an exchange. A weird, wacky, but totally normal dinner. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, come come along with me <laughs> to the butterflies go. and bees. <laughs> yes, I will. And thank you, listeners, for coming along with us. Uh-huh. And thanks to these two listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.